The Marlins drop another series at home. The Cubs get in this one two games to one. However, Great Britain are heading to the World Baseball Classic for the first time ever. And joining them at shortstop will be Jazz Chisholm Jr. Yes, sir. We're going to dig into all of the reaction from the Cubs series. And also the news that Jazz Chisholm is going to be playing again for Great Britain on today's Locked On Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins. And actually, greetings from Great Britain. And welcome to Locked On Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast with me, of course, Peter Pratt. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. No TikToks, no Instas for me. Please subscribe to the pod wherever you get them. It's free and it's daily, Monday to Friday, five episodes a week, even into the depths of September. And if you are watching, why not subscribe to the YouTube channel? We are also on YouTube, yes, sir. And this, welcome to my living room. It's very late here. This is a late pod on a Thursday, an off day. Ah, early disclaimer. I had one or two wines. Not going to lie. <laughs> one or two wines pre-recording. Nevertheless, this whole Jazz Chisholm situation, this whole Great Britain situation, baseball-wise, has got me pumped. No doubt about it. Um, I'm not a... I don't track things that closely in terms of the great British team, however, and the world baseball classic as well. I have to call out. It's not something I've heavily followed historically, mainly because it's been some time since they've had a world baseball classic. and I haven't been a baseball, ba baseball fan for that long. Nevertheless, great Britain were in the qualifiers this week. They got through winning three games on the spin. And it was a wild, wild game against Spain coming back to win that there was a home run in the bottom of the ninth to get it into extras. That is huge plums from Great Britain. They get into extras. They look like it could have been a base running. Uh, there was Well, there was a fielding error. Could have been a base running error. Nevertheless, they end up with runners on the corners uh, with just one out in the end. Sack fly brings the man home, and Great Britain are heading to the World Baseball Classic. Yes, sir. Then, all of us watching the broadcast yesterday, on Wednesday, Game 3 against the Cubs, Jazz Chisholm was in the booth. Great to see Jazz. There's a few really interesting news and notes from Jazz, uh, specifically like Paul Severino doing his thing on the broadcast, focused really heavily into injuries, actually. It was like straight into injuries. It felt like that was the agenda. Let's clear up this injury situation about the back, the meniscus, the knee. When does it happen? When does all this happen? Which though was interesting. However, came out of the break there, uh, bottom of the inning, Jazz Chisholm wanted to tell the world. He wanted to make the announcement. There's been no official announcement at all uh, from, from the Marlins or um, Team GB or, or anyone. Jazz wanted to get it out there. He's going to be starting at shortstop for Great Britain uh, in the World Baseball Classic. Great Britain, by all accounts, will be in Pool A, and that will be hosted out of Taiwan, I believe. There's going to be Italy and the Netherlands in that pool as well, so a lot of European teams going. And Great Britain have already beaten, uh, obviously, some some you know relatively big names in France, Germany, and Spain to get there. 
Listen, you start to load in some major league talent. Jazz Chisholm obviously was an all-star this year, voted as an all-star. So that's a massive boost uh, for the great British team. And for Jazz, he's going to absolutely love it. The interesting piece as well is, are there going to be any other Bahamian studs playing? Uh, the obvious one from our perspective uh, for Lockdown Marlins clearly is, is Ian Lewis? Is Ian Lewis maybe going to get an opportunity with uh, Great Britain this time? He equally is is having a nice, you know, had a nice year this year. Um, you know, could be, you know, it's baby jazz effectively. So it could be Lewis at second base, jazz at shortstop. Why not? Why not? And if the Marlins, uh, sorry, if the if Great Britain can get through, um, uh, you know, relatively advanced, which seems a long shot at this point, right? It's going to be a long shot for them to really progress heavily in the tournament. And for Great Britain, that probably isn't what it's all about. Like, this is the first step. And there's been loads of activity, actually, this week going on. But this, for the Great British team, is the first step. They've made the World Baseball Classic. It puts Great Britain on the map, effectively, as a baseball uh, country now. And just imagine if they can, you know, make some noise. And why not? Baseball's a funny old game, and anything can happen on any day. So we'll wait and see how they go. But I absolutely love that yesterday with, you know, Jazz in the booth. I'm going to be wearing number three. I'm going to be starting at shortstop for Great Britain. And great news. As a British fan, and I'll be really heavily patching into the World Baseball Classic, and it feels like everyone is feeling buzzed about it already. Happening in early March uh, with the finals happening uh, in Miami as well, of course. So Miami will be hosting the finals. So Lone Depot, will there'll be all eyes in there. It'll be absolutely packed. And in some ways for us Marlins fans, it will be a little bit bittersweet. It'll be kind of like... Here's what you could have won type of vibe where you kind of see the ballpark absolutely humming and then kind of thinking, oh boy, look at the attendances now. I mean, I think yesterday's game with the Cubs, it was 8,000 in the ballpark. It it obviously pales in comparison to that. And it's a different vibe and a different situation. We get that. But it just shows if the Marlins can really get this franchise back around, get the fans in, get the success rolling, like there's... There's baseball fans in the area, no doubt. And they could they could go on that kind of run. Nevertheless, Jazz Chisholm announces he is starting at shortstop. And that is the first place I wanted to start on today's episode, other than the fact that Great Britain are in there. And some people are thinking, hey, how's Jazz Chisholm playing for Great Britain? Uh, connection, uh, the, the Bahamas were a, were a colony of, of Great Britain. And that old connection, uh, I think it ended in, in the 60s or 70s. But nevertheless, Jazz is uh, probably grandparents will will have been effectively british citizens uh, due to that so that's the connection there bahamas don't have a team rolling so makes sense for jazz he played for great britain uh in a previous qualifier back in 2016 i believe so that's the reason but the thing for jazz is him stating he is starting at shortstop and i think that's a really interesting wrinkle here for the fish as we go into the the off season and if you'd have seen it i put it on twitter earlier this week my projected opening day lineup for the Marlins in 2023 against Jacob deGrom. I believe deGrom will stay with the Mets. I think they'll find a way to get a deal done. deGrom is so good and the Mets have so much dough. I think it makes too much sense. So I put it out there, this lineup, Mickey Rowe was in the lineup at shortstop. And that is the area where it probably had most blowback, where, where the majority of feedback is negative around that to say that Miggy at this stage of his career, and if the Marlins are serious, you know, perhaps the Marlins need to consider alternatives in that spot. And one of the alternatives clearly 
is Jazz Chisholm. He was obviously a shortstop. We all were projecting him as a shortstop. Uh, obviously, Miggy's glove has been sensational. Jazz had some, you know, spotty areas in his defense in 2021 in particular. I'd say in 2022 this year. It was fine. It was good, I would say. The question there is, does he want to slide? Do the Marlins want to slide him over to shortstop and, you know, really get him to cement that position? I'm very interested. We went into the, the, the deadline, obviously. There's a lot of rumors about Pablo. The main two protagonists that we heard uh, reported, both the Dodgers and the Yankees, and seemingly the Marlins were looking for a second baseman uh, with, a, with, a, with a power stick in Gavin Lux and Gleyber Torres to come back as part of either of those deals. So the Marlins were thinking about solidifying power and offense from the middle infield, which is very interesting. Clearly, second base is where Jazz has been playing. Okay, if you bring in a second baseman, what happens to Jazz? Clearly, the opportunity there is to shift over to shortstop. Miggy Rowe maybe goes and, and, and acts as a utility guy, or maybe they trade Miggy. I don't know. Maybe they do. But I do think that's interesting that Jazz is wanting to play shortstop still. He remains probably in his head as a shortstop, and probably he's thinking his longer-term future here uh, with the Marlins is at shortstop. So I thought that was a really intriguing piece there. And we, we forget about that. The defense wasn't amazing at shortstop. We know that. But, you know, he's had a few years now to work on that. I'm intrigued to see where they go. They obviously don't fancy Groshans there at shortstop. He's not played at all at short. It's been all third base for Groshans. So if Groshans is going to be on the roster in 2023, then it's likely to be at third base. Brian Anderson has not really been back at third base. We've mentioned many times on the pod. I've asked Sean. I've asked uh, Joe Vasaro. I've asked maybe one or two others. Where's your head at with BA? What's going to happen? I, I think the gut feel is that the BA isn't with the Marlins next year at all. Whether it's a non-tender uh, and trade, trade before, I don't know. Maybe something in that space. BA serviceable. And I think guys, you know, you know, a bit like the partner, we're all kind of sitting there going, hey, who's going to take uh, Georgie Alfaro? No one's going to take them. Next thing is, uh, you know, the Padres put their hands up and go, hey, we'll send you, you know, something back. Maybe something similar will happen with BA. I think there's more value there than that maybe Alfaro had heading into the offseason. But to me, it's trending that, that Brian Anderson won't be with the Marlins. And the intentions that I've seen from the Fish are suggesting that they're going to prioritize maybe second base and maybe sliding Jazz over to short, which then brings into what happens with Miggy. I think that's really intriguing. Um, there was also other bits from, from Jazz in this uh, brief stint in the booth linked to his injuries. Like I said, Paul Severino went really heavy on trying to qualify exactly what's happened with Jazz, what's happened with the knee, what's happened with the back, how you feeling when you're coming back, all these kind of questions, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, there was a very, very interesting answer around his knee in particular. Um, before we do that, it's time for our first ad. And it's a brand new ad. Yes, sir. It is a brand, brand new one. And well, let's get it queued up here. Um, it's I almost lost my lighting then. <laughs> and it's one again. These feel like personalized ads where they keep they keep kind of sending me things that are relevant to me. And this one, <laughs> this one is, can you can you not get in shape? <laughs> can you feel like you just can't get in shape? Well, it's not your fault. As men age, and they do. I'm almost 40. I'm 40 next year. It's World Baseball Classic year. And I'm going to be 40. And there's World Baseball Classic baseball happening in Miami. Tara, if you are listening, and she said she listens to every episode, we need to be over there in March, no doubt. Anyway, our body naturally loses the... <laughs> 
the, the free testosterone, the man hormone, it happens to every man and can make it more difficult to stay in shape and be energetic or active. So you want more energy to counter the negative physical effects of aging. Nutrinex Total T Testosterone Booster with Testofen will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, get you better results at the gym and help you look and feel like the man you really want to be. Nugenex Total Tea contains man-boosting key ingredients like testosterone. It has been validated in five clinical studies shown to boost free, boost free testosterone levels in men because Nugenex Total Tea boosts free, free testosterone that aging process robs you. You'll feel stronger, leaner, and you'll have more energy and drive and more passion too. Your partner will notice the difference. Oh boy, sounds like you need to get those blue chews in there as well. So, you can get a complimentary bottle of Nugenex Total Tea when you text MLB to 231231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenex Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to get help get you back in shape fast. Absolutely free. Text MLB to 231231. That is MLB to 231231. Oh, boy. New ad. My lighting's all over the show here. Let's adjust this. And uh, I can let go. There we go. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. New ad. Love it. Man, uh, dad bods. They are real. They, it is real. No doubt about it. Too much wine. That's the reason why. I try to burn off at the gym. Anyway, Jazz Chisholm. Back to him. What was Jazz saying? The main thing that came out is knee. This torn meniscus. I was talking about it earlier this week saying, well, has he done his knee? Was it in that kind of that swing when people came out, no, Jazz on, on the broadcast said basically he tore his meniscus in spring training. Speaking to the, the doctors and, and, you know, the medical staff there with the Marlins, Jazz was like, listen, I, I think I can play through it. And they were like, well, you're going to have to manage the pain and the swelling. And Jazz was like, I'm all good with that. Don't worry about that. Can I play a season? I think I'm going to be hot this season. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling strong. Other than the torn knee. They were like, okay, cool. Jazz, you roll with it. I mean, that is wild, isn't it? It's wild. The, I mean, firstly, you got to call out for Jazz. Love the fact that he just wants to be on the field. And you could feel that coming through on the broadcast yesterday. He was just so upset. He's missing time. He's on the IL. He wants to be there because he knows this is his time to shine. So that was just funneling through the microphone there um, that, he, that he's the disappointment levels. However, you've got to kind of consider like how, how much of a risk is that for both him for the Marlins, for them to, to go, okay, cool, let's roll with the tall meniscus all year and see what happens. In the end, I don't think it was actually the knee that was the problem. It was the back. That happened early. Then Jazz is saying, listen, he was even really struggling to walk at some point. The pain was excruciating. The knee was a big problem. I mean, boy, oh boy, it sounds like he was really pushing the limits there on, on that one, no doubt, which in some ways... You have to you have to tip your cap and say you know well done jazz for kind of you know manning through that but boy at the same time you got to think you know is that is that the right way to go about it sometimes do you need to protect the player do you need to protect him from himself and the medical staff make the call uh, and this is it I was talking about it uh, earlier on the week the fact that we've had all these instances where. You know, guys have got hurt. The Marlins report something. They then come back. They get hurt again. Da, da, da. And it's, I get it. Guys want to be out there. They want to be on the field. But at the same time, 
you know, medical staff need to kind of own this as best they can and protect the players. Because the players all want to play. You get that, right? Like, particularly a Jazz, he's trying to, you know, set his set his mark and whatever. But, you know, it was it was wild to hear that just the, the, the knee was torn in spring. Wild. And he's played through it all year. Okay, he only got through, what, 60-odd games. Nevertheless, the other thing that stood out for me, other than the fact he's shortstop for Great Britain, was... He was targeting this year a 40-40 year. He thinks a 40-40 is in the bank. I think I've been out there saying maybe 30-30. Jazz is going to the moon with that one with a 40-40. He thinks that is in the locker. And who's going who's gonna to question that? He's going to be in the WBC for Great Britain in March. Going to go into spring feeling hot. I'm not clear exactly how the spring crossover is with, with the WBC stuff. I think the last stages do cross over into spring. So, you know, if uh, if the Dominican, uh, the Venezuela teams, US, et cetera, if they go deep, there's going to be a lot of players missing from, from spring training, I guess. But nevertheless, um, you know, I think it's going to be good for Jazz. He's got his rehab. He'll be coming back fresh, plenty of time off, straight into the Great Britain stuff, do his thing there, get them boys through the group, which I think they will. I think they can qualify. Get them through the group. Jazz had come back into, into Marlins spring camp feeling absolutely pumped, and he may have a new position, as, as I've already mentioned. So they were the main bits from Jazz. I'd love to hear more from uh, from Jazz. I think he actually went onto the radio broadcast as well with uh, with Glenn Geffner. So uh, I'll have to try and check that out and see what was discussed. I think he was doing a bit more kind of uh, play-by-play, color analyst type stuff going on there. So I, I think he's got that in the locker too. In terms of the series itself, the Marlins, they drop, um, they drop it two and one. To the Cubs, excuse me. And yesterday's game, boy, oh boy, uh, Nicky Fortes with a two-run blast, getting the Marlins up, and then they and Lewin Diaz then drops another ball exactly in the same spot. They were, you know, Nicky Fortes went oppo with a boppo, uh, and Lewin Diaz just stuck one out uh, pull side for him. And they, the Marlins, three up. You're thinking, okay, here we go. And Jesus Lazardo was absolutely stunning yesterday. I think 11 Ks in total. It was, you know, one of his best outings again for the Fish. He, he probably had his career day early in the year. It's great to see him now in the in the depths of September. Yes, he missed a ton of time, but Jesus Lozado, absolutely, you know, showing up still. A stunning, stunning performance on the broadcast as well. Uh, Nelly was was talking about the ceiling for Lozado, saying Lozado has a ceiling now of, of a two, a number two. And the only reason he has the ceiling of a two with the Marlins is well, we know why. Because Sandy's there. Sandy's the one and will forever be the one for as long as Sandy Alcantara is a Marlin. Jesus Lozado, and I've mentioned this a few weeks ago, for me, he's really ascended now where he is becoming the second most valuable pitcher in this Marlins rotation right now. He really is. The consistency's really getting there. It's like when you look at Eddie Cabrera, for example, the tools are there, the stuff's there, still some rawness, some control issues, etc. that still... Eddie's still working with. We still need to to see that progression. I think we will next year. I think Eddie will really kick on next year. Trevor Rogers has found himself. He rebounded. Obviously, he's now done for the year with the lat injury. Um, but the rotation's looking strong. The question is, is what they do with this offense in the offseason, what they do with the management, what they do with <clears throat> the coaching. There's a lot of decisions to make. There really is. And uh, again, it's, you know, what's happening with Donnie, Pretty clear that Donnie's uh, not going to be with the Marlins, I would say, next year. The question is, what's happening with Mel Stoudemire? <sighs> the Marlins really need to find a way to get Mel on board. 
Um, and to be honest with you, if this is the, the dilemma that the Marlins have is Mel will only stay if Donnie stays, then I'm extending Donnie. Like I'm keeping Donnie around um, because Mel's so critical. If it's like, listen, another manager comes in and Mel's out of here, you know, what would you do? For me, I'd make sure Mel stay and he is so critical to the fish. Um, but there's tons of other bits to get into really because, you know, Fortes with the bomb, great to see. Lewin Diaz, the bomb, great to see. Lozado, the bullpen though, boy, oh boy. Stephen O'Kurt, he, he had some great numbers early in the year. I remember looking at the numbers thinking, boy, the numbers look sensational. Then you were kind of looking at the BABIP stuff thinking, oh, okay, this looks like there could be some regression coming. I know Sean Barrett would have dug into all of that and he'd been all over the BABIPs and, you know, whatnots. But uh, O'Kurt, you did sense that maybe there was something coming. In August, he had a real nice run again. In September, it's been not so good for O'Kurt. It's been a pretty bit of a bad month for him. He's on a bit of a bad run. You know, too many walks yesterday, an error. Floro comes in trying to limit the damage, and the Marlins give the game away. Uh, the, the game before the Marlins were leading to, the bullpen gives that one away. Uh, and game one, the, the Marlins, you know, absolutely uh, you know, spanked the, uh, the Cubs, actually, which was nice to see uh, for once that the Marlins actually uh, lit them up. Um, what was that? 10-3. Yeah, there you go. Double digits for the Marlins. So that was nice to see. I've even forgot, you know, Monday feels like a an age ago, but that included uh the, the salami from from Brian Dela Cruz. Me and Sean were talking about Dela Cruz on the pod earlier this week, saying how he's emerging. Dela Cruz is a very interesting one where the numbers have been great in September. They were great last year and, and August too, I guess, last year. Um, you know. Can, they, can the Marlins be confident truly about De La Cruz? Can they go into next year and think De La Cruz can, can be a starter? I'm not convinced of that. And I kind of put it out there thinking maybe the answer in front of me. Craig Mish responded with uh, the usual 50 cent uh, gif where he's pulling off uh, at a rapid pace. That says to me, Craig doesn't believe that Brian De La Cruz is the starting center fielder next year. We'll wait and see. <clears throat> in my projected lineup, I still had Brian Reynolds in there. I had pretty much everyone on the roster apart from Brian Reynolds um, it, it, playing in center field. And I'm really intrigued. We're going to, I mean, there's so much time to get into the offseason moves for the fish. There really is because, you know, there's going to be months of it. There's going to be months of talk about what the fish do, um, plus building up, of course, to this World Baseball Classic and the 2023 season. Barry Jackson, as well, has got a great series running in the Herald. Um, his, his first article came out today. I believe it's going to be a six parter. A six-article parter from Barry Jackson covering basically why this rebuild has gone wrong. Um, I'll probably dig into that tomorrow and really kind of pick the bones out of the the first part of this uh, this series. He really focused in on the hitting development, which again, as as fans and as me on this pod, we've called out multiple times. There's just been a real problem there. Bruce Sherman quoted in there saying it's something they're going to really deep dive in on. Uh, some good quotes as well around from Donnie. In fact, you know, the, the main thing there is that they whiffed on the Yelich piece. To move Yelich, get a ton of offensive uh, guys, you know, nice profiles, nice tools, and for none of them at all to become major league players is a huge, huge problem for this rebuild. When we kind of look at it, where did it go wrong? Really, that was where it went wrong. They made some, you know, good strides elsewhere, and, and Barry's talking about this as well. But, you know, at the heart of it, that trade, the Yelich trade, who was you know, the most valuable trade asset they had because of the the production, the age, the control, all these factors, you know, somehow they turned Ozuna into Sandy, but that's because 
the Marlins managed to turn Sandy into a stud. But to, to get nothing out of Yelich is the major problem. And that has haunted them ever since. We can't get away from that fact that that trade and the, the way it went sour so badly for the fish has absolutely haunted this franchise. Nevertheless, I'm going to call it a day there. It's 25 minutes in. I have more wine to get into. It is an off day for the fish. I hope you enjoy this episode. Apologies for uh, another solo pod. I need more guests. I need more guests, but I will try my best to keep them rolling in. As you know, guys, less eyeballs are on the fish right now, but I'm pleased that you're sticking with me on Locked on Marlins. And of course, I'll be back tomorrow because it's Friday. And also, a little teaser, just in case you're listening, I will be on Fish Stripes Live tomorrow. So I'm excited for that one, joining the Fish Stripes crew pre-game for Fish Stripes Live. So that should be a lot of fun as well. But guys, I'll leave you now. Marlins off day, back tomorrow, covering and previewing a three-game series against the Washington Nationals. Until then, see you tomorrow.